Charm Diamond Centers. Okay, not bad, but remember, those three little words carry a lot of weight. Has to say 50 years of a family-owned business. Charm Diamond Centers. Dylan, think lifetime diamond guarantee, unbeatable pricing policy, stores across the country filled with experts who love love. Charm Diamond Centers. 0% interest financing, trade-up policy, easy payments. I need to feel that in your voice. It has to sound like Charm Diamond Centers. Wow, that was really good. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. One hour of straight hockey talk with Dan, Rick, Tyler, and Bag Milk starts now. Welcome in to another Tuesday edition of Oilers Nation Radio. Tyler, Dan, Rick, all with you. Episode 194. And uh, boys, feels good that this playoff run, we are getting to go a second time for a second week. Yeah, we're already beating what we did. We already beat what we did last week, last year, right? Yep. This is our new playoff high. Three. Three. Three podcasts in one playoff run. If I'm not mistaken here, I do believe you left out Bag Milk's name in the, inter- in the yeah, introductions, I, I think, right? I, I felt a little bit hurt. I mean, I, I was going to say, I'm, I'm like, my screen says he's here. I'm pretty sure he's here. Did Tyler I not say Bag it. Milk? Tyler had no. enough of me this past weekend, I guess. With Tyler, I, Dan, and Rick, because I think that's all I heard. Well, mm-hmm. apologies. Um, yeah, we, we had enough <laughs> of each other uh, this weekend getting to snuggle up in LA. I hear bag milk. Did you finally get that kiss? Buddy, not only did I get the kiss, I planted him. A re- I brought him in for the real thing. boy! And there is video proof. And yes, it is exactly as awkward as you think it would be. <laughs> Perfect. This has to be released. I can the- never see the light of day. It happened in the <laughs> middle of a smash burger. It was very romantic. Ooh. After like 36 hours of me teasing you throughout the trip. Yep. This is so funny. <laughs> yep. um, all right. Let's get into things with our Oodle Noodle Delicious Debate. Oodle Noodle, 14 locations around the Emden area, including St. Albert and Fort Saskatchewan. Uh, hey, we're going to keep it simple here. We've seen four games of this series now. We know who the Kings are. We know who the Oilers are. From Edmonton's perspective, what is the biggest key tonight for game five of the series? The start. You got to come out and have a better start. Yep. You know, we got game. through game game three. We got through with two goals, but the start wasn't wasn't super terrific. Game four again, the start wasn't super terrific. Uh, we didn't get those first two goals. They came, they started playing a four man uh, four man back type of game, and we couldn't uh, we couldn't do anything with it. So they need to come out, grab the game right away, find a goal or two early, and ride the momentum. Otherwise, it's going to be a it's going to be an uphill battle. Dan, yeah, I, I mean. You guys nailed it. You know, the team in game three came out and attacked Jonathan Quick and, you know, got the results that they deserved out of that game. And so it was weird to me that they didn't have that same get up and go for period number one and game number four. But once we saw a little, like the little troubling part for me is that we saw a little bit of that old Oilers team where, you know, they went down and it just, it, you know, it just didn't seem to be there for that game. So I don't know. It's uh, yeah. I, th- I think the first period is just so important. You saw one team that was desperate to get to uh, get to the, you know, series tied again. And then you saw one team that was just kind of thinking that the goals were just going to keep going in on, on their yeah. own. For me, I just thought the boys looked comfortable, you know, like to, to Kobe Bryant, this one a little bit job's not done. And they kind of started the game like they were already looking ahead at game five tonight. So what I'd like to see is exactly what Dan said. 
come out firing off the start. Do not let them get started or settled. The Rogers plays crowd is going to be absolutely bumping tonight. Oh, yeah. Everybody's going to be excited. So make sure to feed off that and make sure that you are there to handle your business. This is the Oilers can't take their foot off the gas because as we saw on Sunday night, and unfortunately, Tyler, we were there. If you do, well, you're not going to get the result you want. Yeah. I, and for me, I'll go with my key of the game here. I was listening to uh, TSN 1216. Jason Greger had Kevin Woodley on, who's a fantastic goaltending analyst with Ingle Magazine. And he talked about how Jonathan Quick needs to work really hard to see around screens and he moves a lot to do it. And because of that, he relies on a lot of pucks just having to hit him. And that can lead to very good results or very bad results, depending on the game. If I'm the Oilers tonight, you, you need to get a ton of pucks on net and you need to do everything in your power to get bodies in front. And I'm not saying body. I'm saying plural. You need two guys committing to going to the front of the net, getting in front of Jonathan Quick and just wreaking havoc right in front of the blue paint because you need to hit this team early. Rick, I love what you said. They need to have a good start tonight. That needs to be done. But in order to get some offense going, you can't just rely on rush goals and all of that stuff like they kind of did early. You're going to need at some point in this series to pull out some greasy ways to produce offense. And that's one way to do it. Take away Quick's vision, make him move a lot, and then just hope that the pucks don't hit him. And even in that, even in that, uh, that, that second game there, what was it? I think four goals maybe went off uh, tips of, of some way or another. Yeah, you got to get crazy. Like, just make Quick's life difficult. Yeah. Because if you don't, if he can see everything that's coming at him, he's going to stop him. And beat, the hell out of, and beat the hell out of their defensemen. Amen. Straight up, there's been pucks available in those that two-foot zone in front of the blue paint mm-hmm. all series. They, every game, it's been sitting there waiting for the Oilers to pounce. So, yeah, I think they just need to continue that aggression. And I think that's a great point, Dan. Like those pucks are there. It's not like the Kings are somehow shutting the Oilers out of that area. The Oilers are shutting themselves out. And I look at the big bodies as the direct guys, as the guys who are directly responsible for the lack of jumping on those pucks. Zach Cassian, Warren Fogel, Josh Archibald isn't a big body, but he's got no excuses to not be driving the net hard every single shift. Yes, a pool Yarvi's in that camp for me as well. These are guys who, when they want to, they can win physical battles. They just need to do it on a more consistent basis. And that is how this team is going to be able to generate offense. We've got to get greasy tonight. And don't get frustrated. Like Tyler, I, w- would seem like on Sunday when game or the first goal went in, the boys look frustrated. And then you saw it on the power play where they went a couple or one or two where they didn't even get any shots on net. They just looked like they were trying to force it. It's like, again, Duncan Keith said it after game Simplify one. It. Slow it down a little bit. Slow it down. Maybe if you don't get the first goal, it's okay. It's fine. It's But relax. Play your game. Stick to the game plan. You'll be okay. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, obviously, we want them to get a one or two first. But they, they just got to they just gotta get after it. They're the better team here. But they need to play like it. Yeah, I, I think that's it too. Like I was, uh, again, listening to the radio today and I was actually listening to Bob's show. And he's talking about how you know, if someone would have told you at the beginning of the series that the Oilers are second in power play percentage, second in PK percentage, Mike Smith, his save percentage is 940 and Quicks is like 880. If someone would have told you that at the beginning of the series, you'd sit there and be like, yep, just like Rick is signaling to his camera. <laughs> 4-0. This thing would have, I would have been like, yeah, the Oilers just steamrolled them like we thought they would. But it's just insane how in the two wins, they've looked so damn good. And those are such convincing victories. And in the losses, they've just looked terrible. Like. I don't think LA has quote unquote won a game in this series. Edmonton's one, two and Edmonton is handed off the two. other two. Yeah. Yeah. You can't really argue that. I mean, in the, even in that first game, we were there and one, one bad mistake up the middle, right? We couldn't get the puck back. Bang, bang, bang. It's in our net. They came out the next two games and kind of grabbed it by the throat. You know, maybe in that second game, things weren't that first period. Wasn't exactly all us, mm-hmm. but we got two. And then in periods two and three, uh, they ran away with that. And then in the next game, uh, periods one, two, three, they kept the momentum going and took the ball and would not would not give it give it back. And game four, I think it was. It's kind of like when you see them come out and play a third period where they're up by a goal, and they really don't go after that throat, whether it's a confidence thing or or whatever it is. They don't really go for that kill shot. Um, they didn't really go for that kill shot first thing on on game four. And it turned it out that it bit them in the ass at the end of it. So I think they'll they'll learn from that. Even Woodcroft came out the other day and said, you know, you're going to see a much different team coming out in the first period. Um, I think they realize what they have to do. And 
I'm a little bit worried that the crowd will get in their head, but even we watched it in game two, they were fine. So I think there's, there's at least enough evidence to say that they're, that they can handle it. They got to keep the game simple, go out and just do what they do and do it well. Yeah. I, I, I think that's really well put. And I, it's weird. I really trust Jay Woodcroft actually to make the adjustments necessary. Like I, I think this is a guy who has a good feel. I love the little insights into the locker room that we've been getting from the American broadcast that we've been posting on Twitter too. How annoying is it that we have to wait for TNT to come give us this in the dress room stuff, which is phenomenal. I'll watch every seven second video they put on Twitter. And yet we have uh, Sportsnet who put $87 billion into, into the NHL to, uh, to carry their rights. And they, mm-hmm. their broadcast is nowhere near as good. It's wild. It's crazy. It feels like it's a, it's a, an extra, you know, Americanized kind of element, but yeah, I don't understand why Canadian broadcast can't look at that and say, yeah, that's something that we'd love to do for hockey night in Canada as well. You know, just a, just a smattering here and there. Mm-hmm. I feel like they used to, I feel like CBC got into the dressing rooms before. It wasn't be the first uh, time I've seen this type of stuff, but it feels not, like it's been a while. Not like, would they, would they have speeches? I feel like they'd have like a camera sometimes running in there, but I don't think they well, have I don't like, pay, so well, I mean, obviously the, 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 the pay-per-view when way back when Tyler, I don't know if you were around for this, but once in a while we had, or once upon a time back in the day, 10, 10 games a year, we had to pay for a pay-per-view. And when, when we got those games, I believe they had some dressing room content for us. Had to make that extra yeah. money worth it. Yeah. I seem to remember Gene Principe doing locker room interviews. And in, did. I remember the one yeah. when Mac T kicked him out. There you go. So, <laughs> so we've had it, but it's as what? if they just, they just don't care to sell it anymore. I don't know. There's a clip on, you can find it on YouTube of back in the pay-per-view yeah. days where Gene's in the dressing room and Mac T was not having it. So he's just like, get out. He's like, well, it's time <laughs> for me like, to go. Yeah. Oh, gotta go. <laughs> yeah. Peace is out right in the middle of his piece. That is so funny. Um, all right. Speaking of Woodcroft, speaking of making adjustments, we got some new look line combos from the Edmonton Oilers today. Um, for game five tonight, Kyler Yamamoto up on the top line with McDavid and Evander Kane. Ryan McLeod up on the left side, Hyman on the right side, dry settle down the middle, and Pooley RV moved down to the third line with Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Josh Archibald. The fourth line will be Derek Ryan with Cassian and Fogel. Um, let's start on the third line because that's the thing that has every Oilers fan fighting with each other on Twitter right now. And it's Pooley RV down on the third line. I'll say my piece first. I think this is good. I think this will allow Pooley to get some confidence, removes the pressure of having to perform with Connor McDavid, and it'll allow him to be the driver offensively on that line. I think it is a good thing. Bag Milk, what do you think of your boy Nuggy teaming up with JP on the third line? I mean, I've been talking about the whole time. I didn't understand why he wasn't there in the first place. And the reality is, if you look at the fancies from game four, that line got their sh- they got their heads kicked in. So like having Pugliarvi down there, he's a big body. He's going to help Nuge. He's going to help transport the puck. I like it a lot. Like you said, they're probably going to get some softer matchups. Well, depending on what Woodcroft does tonight, I guess, because he's got the last change. But I like it. And honestly, Ryan McLeod, has been playing well enough to get a bump up to the six to top six. I thought Leon's line could use a little bit of a shakeup. He's getting it. And I, I think it's a good move. I'm surprised to see how many people were annoyed by it. Like, you know, it's not obviously it's not written in stone either. If it doesn't work, you know what he's going to change it. But ultimately yeah. at face value, I like it a lot. Rick. It's an overly sensitive issue right now, just because one side of it goes out there and says Pooley Arby's garbage or whatever. They say this, that, the other. And the other side comes out there and says, no, he's the greatest thing, blah, 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 whatever. They're all just fighting amongst each other for a stu- like, not, not, neither one of them is right. They're all just responding to the other guys and going as far to the other end of the spectrum as possible to try and make their point. That's all a whole bunch of nonsense. This team is now a three line team, three lines of forwards, top nine forwards. There's not a top six, bottom six. You have three scoring lines out there. So if you get shuffled amongst those three lines, you're fine. All it means is you're going to be different blind mates and different competition. I do think it's a good thing. I do like the fact he's out there against um, some weaker competitions, just the, the way it's going to be. I am a little skeptical about that that left that uh, left winger. I don't know if we have it in the in, on the roster right now. I'd like to see there. I'd rather Fogel be there, but I can't say Fogel's um, been doing enough to play in that spot right now. I'm not. I don't think I'm right ready to go and put Holloway up there like everybody like a lot of people want. So maybe it is Archibald. So I, I'm not sure what that line's going to do. I know those two players that can do it, Nuge and Pugliarvi. I get why they put Pugliarvi back on uh, on the uh, first line at the beginning. You really, you're not supposed to lose your spot 
because of injury. So he, he went out of injury. He got to go back to his spot. Everybody kind of went back. And if they, they knew the Oilers knew right away, if that didn't work, they have somewhere else to go to. Well, now they're in that spot. They have some, they're, they're shifting some players around and I'm excited to see how this game goes. Dan. Um, for me, like the subtext here is just, it's what Rick alluded to. It's that yeah. there's some people that have, you know, a, a, an agenda to get Jesse Pugliarvi down. I don't know. What no, but that... there's people out there with an agenda to the yeah. exact same, the other, but, and this is a fight going back and forth on Twitter. That's, yeah, ridiculous. What I was going to say, a Rick, bunch is, of whining on both sides. Well, what I was going to say is that what it does is it it causes a reaction, and then you have people pointing at a guy like Warren Fogle, who has been doing just fine in his fourth line role. I know he's not paid to do fourth line minutes, but he's been doing just fine. And it starts to have us looking at our own roster, and we see these micro adjustments where. Ryan Nugent Hopkins gets a good skilled winger and we're like, Oh, that's a demotion. And Jesse's been demoted when it's actually just, you know, moving around pieces to try and find things that work after a game where nothing worked. So that's when I, that's why I put that certain media member as my cold performer for the last two weeks running, because it, it creates this kind of nonsense and this kind of infighting, like you said, Rick, where people feel the need to defend Jesse Pugliarvi for no reason. And then feel people feel the need to attack Warren Fogle for no reason. And it just continues to create infighting and a cycle of nonsense and annoyance when we should be mad at the LA Kings, not the Edmonton Oilers. Here's the, here's the thing too, is let's be honest. Nobody played well on Sunday. No. Right. Like everybody needs to be better. And I find that the weird part about is singling one guy out or this guy out or giving that guy a pass. Like, I think I bet if you ask the Oilers themselves, they would probably all say, man, we need to play better than we did on Sunday. We're a group. We're a unit. This nobody gets by in hockey with one or two players. And I think tonight the boys are going to recognize that. I truly believe they're going to learn some lessons from what happened on Sunday. I don't think we're going to get the same laissez faire kind of attitude ahead of the game. I think the boys are going to look at what happened in game four and they're going to respond accordingly. But also, I think it's fair to give the LA Kings some credit. I was at game three, I watched the Oilers absolutely demolish them. It was a shit kicking of epic proportions. And when that happens in your barn, come on, you know, you're, you knew the Kings were going to respond. Yeah. And just like, I feel like the Oilers are going to respond tonight. Shout out to our friends at DoorDash as well. We wrapped up the Oodle Noodle delicious debate. Combine Oodle Noodle with DoorDash. Use the promo code ON Radio Pod for 25% off and no delivery fees on your first order. And let me tell you, pregame Oodle Noodle is a fantastic spot to fuel up before another eight o'clock start. Anyone else just wiped out by the eight o'clock starts? Here's my biggest fear. We haven't had an OT game yet. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, we are due for an eight o'clock start that goes to double OT at some point in this series. And I will either fall asleep or have a heart attack at some point in that hockey I game. promise you there is zero chance you fall asleep. You may not be happy come 11 a.m. or 3 p.m. the next day, but I promise you, there is zero chance you fall asleep. What was the longest probably, one against- oh, uh, Tyler, I'm probably thinking that part of the reason that you're a little bit tired ahead of another 8 p.m. start is what we did to our bodies over the last five days. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, uh, <laughs> uh, five years. Early cold performer is uh, my credit card that I looked at this morning. Whew. Yeah, uh, that should in, get the hopper. I think that thing you get the hot performer didn't didn't draw, didn't let you down once. Well, Uncle Mastercard wants that money back though. That's uh, that's a problem. <laughs> oh know? yeah, the kid. That's fair. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, let's keep moving on. We talked about the new lines. Actually, I want to go into that a little bit more because I thought Daniel Nugent Bowman of the Athletic had a really really interesting tweet. Um, he was talking, or he had quotes from Jay Woodcroft about the fourth line of the Oilers and and kind of you know what they could do in the presence of Derek Ryan. Uh, so Jay Woodcroft said he likes Derek Ryan better at right wing than at center. So why play him there tonight? And Woodcroft responded with Ryan's a Swiss army knife type of hockey player. Him not being in the lineup for us in game four was noticeable. He does a lot of things. Well, if you paid close attention over the last two and a half months, while he may not start in the middle, there are a lot of times he ends up in the middle. He has experienced doing this. This is a good starting point for us. One that we feel gives us the best chance to win. Nugent Hopkins followed or sorry, Nugent Bowman followed it up with his own translation saying, don't expect the fourth line of Fogel, Ryan and Cassian to see a lot of shifts together. It feels like to me, they look at a guy like Ryan who has struggled at some points, Fogel, who is struggling 
Cassian, who is struggling at points. I think this is a, we're going to give you a few shifts and then we're going to 11 and seven. Which one of you guys wants to prove that we shouldn't do that? Which one of you doesn't want to be the odd man out when you do it? Who would you take out? I'm telling you, whoever isn't bringing it, that fourth line, if I was Jay Woodcroft, I would give them three shifts in the first 10 minutes. And I would say, Fogle, you're not bringing it. You're not laying the body. You're done. You're not playing the rest of the night. We're going 11 and seven and we're working Connor and Leon in there because we need to win. If Cassie is not bringing it, same thing. You can't go 11 and seven mid game. Oh, sorry. I, I mean, 11 and yeah, six. Yeah. You're going, you're okay, just cutting okay. that forward out. My bad. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I figured you meant 11, seven for the next game or that. Um, I just, and if you know what, if all three of them play well, great. You earned another couple of shifts at the end of the first, but you need to keep it up. I just don't think you can have patience for a fourth line that isn't going to produce. When you look at some of the third and fourth liners on the Kings, Blake Lazat, Brendan Lemieux, those guys are making impacts for the LA Kings. They are good players. When you look at their shots for shots against at five on five, when Blake Lazat was on the ice, the Kings outshot the Oilers 20 to six at five on five last game. That is insane. The Oilers bottom six got their, got it taken to them and you cannot risk that in another game. Agreed. You need everybody rolling. And also like this, is there a better time for a guy like Leon and Connor to take a game over? That we kid, haven't, no. we haven't really seen it. We haven't really seen it yet. And it's only a matter of time. And uh, if we're looking at some of the bets that I put down, I'm, you know, I'm betting on Leon and Connor to have a big game. Just look at, I mean, Ricky posted it on your Instagram. Look at the face Connor was making in his post game on Sunday. He was angry. If you're going to tell me that dude isn't going to come out firing on all cylinders tonight. Well, I wouldn't bet against him. You look at the Tampa Toronto game last, like uh, last game there, the narrative going in was Stamkos hasn't scored yet. Stamkos, Stam- what was it? Two or three minutes in yep. bang, Stamkos is on the board. Eventually, you know, uh, Tampa Bay wins that. I can see the exact same thing happening tonight. You know, you came back uh, a game where we needed some offense in game four. We needed to win that game for the goaltender. Weren't able to do it. Those guys know it. Those guys will put it on themselves. I can see in the first period, both Connor and Leon, doing something crazy and uh, grabbing this game very early. So, and, and just taking it away from the Kings. I think they like, again, they haven't been bad, but they haven't nope. been Connor and Leon. Connor has yeah, three multi-point games, but he hasn't scored in 11 periods <laughs> in this series. Connor McDavid does not go 11 periods without scoring very often. And I fully expect, I've been talking a lot of betting today on the daily face-off show and on our shirt for giant pregame show, both available on their respective YouTube channels and McDavid <laughs> to score plus 110 on points bet Canada. That is my bet of the game tonight. Connor McDavid will not be denied. I think we are getting pissed off, fired up Connor. It's happening. Get ready. That's why I bet that Tyler. Mm-hmm. That's why I bet. I, again, I looked at that photo following game four and that's why I put a little dose of Connor McDavid's first period goal tonight because try and stop him when he's like that. Angry Connor is going to have his revenge, and I'm expecting it to happen early, and I'm expecting it often. That was Connor goal in the first period. That's Connor goal in the first period. Just be careful because I can see Connor getting four assists in that first period too, and doing everything <laughs> but scoring. But you know what? If that's a bet I lose, you're okay. I'm going to take it. that. Yeah, I'm going to take that. That's a great point as well. Um, the other area. So we talked about the third line, Pugliarvi. We talked about the fourth line with Derek Ryan, Cassian, and Fogel. What do we think about Ryan McLeod getting a look up on the second line, Dan? For me, McLeod hasn't, I don't know, he hasn't impressed overly. Like in the regular season, I always looked at him as that speedy option that could come up there and and make something happen. I haven't seen him dominate in the playoffs, but that also could just be that he's young and, and his line mates as well. I don't mind it. I, I love his speed and what it brings to the game. It's just a, you know, it's just a question of, of, uh, is that going to work with Leon and, and, uh, um, I'm Hyman. Hyman. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah. So I, 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 I don't mind the move again. It's, you know, I don't think it's a demotion. I don't think it's a promotion. I think it's just moving some pieces around to make some stuff work that didn't work in the last game. Who was the who was the other winger on that line before? Because I know uh, McLeod and Leon have played together earlier this year. Was it Hyman before? Yeah, I, I believe it was. Right, Hyman. and they look and they look pretty good. No. Yeah, I think so. I'm actually pulling up their numbers from the regular season right the now. The only so. thing I'd be a little bit worried about is how much of the physical game he can keep up with. Hmm. Like if LA wants to get really physical, where is he going to go? But that kid, the kid flies. The kid flies. He has a little bit of offensive confidence now. Um, he's going to have to put the puck on nets. He's got a great passer in Leon there. He's got a, a guy who's going to be around the net in Hyman. Um, 
Hyman's had plenty of opportunities this year, or sorry, this, this, this series so far. Likes to bring the puck around the net, and somehow they're allowing him to get shots on goal from, you know, some pr- pretty dangerous spots. I think this line can do something dangerous tonight. Yeah, ultimately, the guys need to finish, too. Like there was some, Mm -hmm. we were talking about it early in game four. We were sitting there. Cassian had that glorious chance, partial break, not full break to, to be fair. That goes in enough, enough of a break. If he sinks that we're probably talking about a different game, you know? So Mm -hmm. it's really, it's ultimate, ultimately up to the boys. You got to finish. You got to sink it. You've done it before two games in a row. I was at both of them and you, you, you put home 14 goals (laughs) to score these. I believe. Yeah. Um, quickly, if you want my nerdy take on this one, um, Dreisaitl and McLeod in the regular season played 121 minutes together. They outshot the opposition eight to six, outshot them 79 to 60. That's a shots for percentage of 56.8%. McLeod without Dreisaitl, that number drops 6%. Dreisaitl without McLeod, that number drops 8%. So these two have given pretty good results when they've been on the ice together at five on five. Um, McLeod, when he's not with Dreisaitl, he sees that shot or that goals for percentage at five on five drop 13%. So I do think Dan, you made an interesting point about him maybe not playing his best hockey right now. I do wonder how much of it is he's stapled to a line usually with guys who are struggling, right? And I think getting him more consistent minutes with high-end teammates, he's shown in the regular season. He can perform when you do that. I think he shows it on the power play too, like, yep. right? You're going to have some offensive players there. So your quality of, uh, of line mates at that point are going to be a little bit higher. And I think that's a pretty good example of what you can see, uh, what, you, what you can expect out of him when he has um, offensive uh, line mates. I mean, would anybody be really all that surprised if, if McLeod scores alongside Leon? I wouldn't. I mean, the kid, like no, Rick Leon said earlier, he's got wheels for days yeah. and Leon can find anybody anywhere on either side of his stick. So Ryan McLeod is a good option to put up there. Um, I don't like speculating about this kind of stuff, but I've heard other people in the media do it. Does anyone think Leon Dreisaitl is not 100% right now? It just looks like he's maybe a step behind. But like, I mean, it's the playoffs. Isn't yeah. everybody banged up right now? I guess. Yeah. Like, you got to work we're, through it. If anybody we, can do it, it's the big, it's the big German. Yeah. Weren't we worried about like a knee injury or something like that at the end of the season? It was after that Anaheim game. Cause remember he missed the San Jose game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you would hope it's not the case, but I also wonder again, if dry like let's just go down and speculate. Let's say he's not hundred percent is putting someone who skates really well on his line. Maybe that's a way it opens up more ice for, for Leon Dreisaitl too. 100% it does. If you've got McLeod flying up the left side of the, of the ice and Leon yeah. can hit him, like I said, from anywhere, that's going to push the defenseman back and that's going to give Leon more space to create. And if, if that is the case, but again, who isn't banged up at this point of the year? He, I'm not worried about Leon. He's going to like, again, I bet on him today to have the big game that we all expect him to have at some point. And at home in game five, Rogers plays is going to be absolutely buzzing. The juices are going to be flowing for the boys. I guarantee they are going to learn the lessons from game four. And I just, I, I, I see a much better effort from the Oilers tonight from the crease on out. Although again, Mike Smith wasn't bad on, on Sunday at all. Yeah. No. Um, so let's finish up our little lineup breakdown here with the top line. Kyler Yamamoto gets elevated. Dan, do we like that move? Yeah. I mean, that to me makes that, all, that line all offense and it's going to be a, it's going to be a real, you know, powerhouse kind of offense to work with. Yamamoto has been one of the hardest working Oilers on the ice. And then Kane is the guy that's setting up most of the opportunities for this team. It seems so. Yeah. I, I, I really like it. It's, you know, it's feast or famine for Connor. Now, you know, you, you've got the guys to do it with, so go out and make it happen. That line was buzzing before Yes got put up there as well. So I actually really like reuniting them. Kane's playing some of his best hockey. McDavid's going to do McDavid things. And like Dan just said, Kaylor Yamamoto's a buzzsaw out there. I can't see that changing tonight either. Rick? No, I like it, man. We saw a couple of weeks ago what it was. And you know, Yes came back in the lineup from his, his illness or whatever. So I understood why he went back to his spot. And well, yeah, I'm going back to his spot. But <laughs> you knew in the back of your head that you had another option in case things uh, you needed, you needed to pull up one. So here we are, we're at that point. We're putting them on that line. Those, two, what those two guys can do down low in, in terms of Kane and Yamamoto is incredible. They're, they're very hard to knock off the puck. They're very hungry for the puck and you get Connor, the puck anywhere on the ice. I like your opportunity in the offensive zone. 
And I said it earlier, I just think moving Yessa down to Nuge's line, it's going to ease some of the pressure on the kid. Mm-hmm. Why make like put him in a spot to succeed? And I think today, Jay Woodcroft did that. Uh, just quickly again, to get nerdy with you, the trio of Yamamoto, McDavid, and Kane at five on five this season played 192 minutes, outscored the opposition 17 to nine. That's good. If you can get that kind of production tonight, you're going to be pretty happy if they can keep scoring at that rate. Like that'll go a long ways. We talked about how there's three even scoring lines, but like Dan said, it's feast or famine with that top line. I really do think that is your number one line. They are capable of single-handedly winning you the hockey game and the depth pieces behind them hopefully can just take advantage of some better matchups than the McDavid line might get. Well, and they're at home too. So, you know, Woodcroft's going to get them out there against by, uh, against trios that Todd McClellan would rather not have them out there against. So I think there's going to be opportunity up and down the lineup here. hundred um, percent. And you know what? Even if they don't score, I think having that bottom or sorry, the second and third line set up the way they are is an excellent insurance policy. Speaking of insurance, shout out to our friends at Cornerstone Insurance. You can find them at cornerstoneins.ca, solid protection, sound advice. And if you scroll down to the bottom of their website, you see that they're they're a teammate of Oilers Nation. And we love to see that as well. Check them out, whatever you need, all your insurance needs. Available at cornerstoneins.ca. You talked about how Mike Smith wasn't bad in game four. Uh, He made a bunch of saves. I mean, the guy's got a 940 save percentage on the series here. It's unbelievable. But I saw someone on Twitter, and maybe this is just playoff nerves kicking in. Are you worried we're due for a stinker right away? Are you worried we're running out of good Mike Smith starts or did did he do enough from March on to to eliminate any concerns you have? He's done enough enough for the last two seasons while he's healthy to to prove that this should not be an issue today. And like, who's really worried about what he did? uh, Who's worried about him? Like, I know they lost for nothing and you don't want to see that ever, but like, come on again, the team in front of him, they need to be better. Like how many odd man rushes and like breakaway chances and all that stuff did we see? And it's just, you got to wipe that all out of your game. I'm not worried about Schmidt at all. He's going to battle in there. Uh, you, just, you can't expect this team not to score any goals though. You need to go score goals. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's kind of where I would say my worry is, is that first period, you know, if, if we got, you know, somehow they got two against us again and we haven't scored a goal. Yeah. I'm absolutely concerned for Mike Smith's, you know, just his battle level is so high that if he's allowed six goals and we've, we've had them all unanswered. I don't know if, I don't know if he stays mentally in the game. I don't think it's going to happen, but, but I, I, it's, it, you know, it's just always going to be a concern of mine. And also we've agreed on, I think just about everything on this podcast. So I figured I'd give a, contrarian. If, if I'm going to be concerned about him, it's not that he's not going to battle. If, if that's the scenario where the others find themselves down a little bit, just that he's going to be way more aggressive than yeah. he needs to be. Yeah. Trying to think. Hard. No, I see. I think he made his mistake in game one and I don't think a guy like him is going to do that again. Not this series anyways. And we've seen that from Smith. He, the mistakes when he plays the puck usually don't come in bunches or anything crazy like that. Usually he makes one and he's able to just kind of push it aside and keep powering through and not make another one for a while here. Uh, so it is a big, big game five for the Oilers. Do you all remember what happened the last time the Edmonton Oilers hosted a game five? Yes, I saw the, I saw the tweet already. I'm still up. I still don't like that trade though. I don't care what anybody <laughs> says. I don't care if he scored the goal. I still don't like that trade. We would have scored a goal another way. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, the, the <laughs> David DeHarnay OT winner against the San Jose Sharks happened the last time the Oilers uh, hosted a game five in the Stanley Cup playoffs. What, oh, what overtime was that? First. Was it the first overtime? I was there that night and I thought oh. that we were going to collapse Ford Hall after that game went in. Everybody was <laughs> jumping in there. It was, man, what a madhouse that night was. Um Someone pointed this out, one of the listeners of the Shirt Ford Giant pregame show, but they said this series feels eerily reminiscent of the Oilers 2017 opening round series against the Sharks, where Edmonton lost a heartbreaker in game one, three, two in OT. They bounced back by shutting out the Sharks in back-to-back games in games two and three. And then in game four, I had honestly forgotten about this. They got smoked. They lost seven, nothing in game four to the San Jose Sharks. And what did they do? Deharnay OT winner, 3-1 win in the series clincher, and they won that series in six games. Kind of has that vibe to it, I think. Well, where, where was this information last, or uh, what day is today? Today's due to Sunday night. I could have used that information like 11.30 p.m. <laughs> yeah. Sunday night. Yeah, yeah. That's, I could the, feeling, that. the feeling I have right now is so much better than it was like 30 seconds ago. 
hundred uh, percent. I could have also used that as we're walking out of the crypto.com arena and just taken our lumps from Kings fans. Deservedly so. It's part of the, mm-hmm. it's part, it's what happens when you're well, in an opposing barn. Sure you like, out, I'm sure you handed out a couple of them. I was just going to say before that. Bad news was they weren't around for you to rip on them too much after it was eight to two. Well, I did take a beer to the melon. So, you know, well, hey, way yes. she goes. <laughs> Oh, you were thir- you were looking thirsty, bank milk. They were just hooking a, you up. Hell of a story, though. I like that. Uh, it is Genesis on the pregame show. Bank milk. You'll like this. He asked if you would be willing to take another beer in the head if it means a win tonight. Oh, baby, come on! Let's for go. an eight two for an eight two win. I will get in my vehicle right now. Drive to Bag Milk's house, knock on the door. When he opens it, I'll whip one at him. No problem. You no give problem. me the eight, you give me the eight two, and I'll be there in twenty five minutes. Just after Oilers Nation did it in Min reveal on Bag Milk, he accepts getting hit in the head with a beer. So <laughs> the next time you see that dude, hit him with a beer. <laughs> I think I guess we didn't talk about that on this podcast, did we? Because the last episode was before Game Three. Yeah. Yeah. So the obviously the Oilers steamrolled the Kings in Game Three. And one of the things that Tyler and I quite enjoyed, very, very much enjoyed, was after the Oilers would score, Tyler and I would spin around 180 degrees and be pointing at Oilers sections in every other like part of the arena. And then eventually, the more we did it, the more those other people were pointing back at us and getting involved. <laughs> and after the fifth time, clearly somebody did not enjoy my shenanigans too much. Because he whipped a $20 US beer at me. <laughs> and a can or a cup? It was a cup. It was like a full pint Last, cup with a yeah. lid on it. And unfortunately, I, you know what? I get it. I completely get it. But the 60 year old woman behind us that took the collateral damage of the full beer <laughs> exploding on her. The look on her face when I turned around to be like, what the fuck just happened? And she is doused in booze. And I just went, oh, that is all my fault. I'm were you, were, so you facing sorry. The, were you facing the thrower at the time or did it hit you in the back of the head? Back of the head. I had no so idea what happened. waited for you to turn around too. Yeah, because I would have tried to catch it. Uh, of course, I, I, was curious, to catch I was wondering why you didn't catch it. Now I know. Yeah, yeah. I took it right in the back of the melon. You know now, that did guy. Did they catch after... this guy? Yeah, so... Kings fans were incredibly kind after it happened. Everybody around me was like leaning over the seats, checking in. Are you okay? That was so fucking uncool. And then a lot of people too around us were just like, listen, you guys aren't doing anything wrong. You're doing what you should be doing. You're cheering for your team. We all get it. Yes, you guys are annoying, but like we get it. (laughs) But yeah, clearly he didn't. And then in the intermission after that happened, somebody sought me out in the concourse. He's like, I just want you to know I was the guy that reported that guy. And that's where event staff was with that guy. And he's just like, they can, so they come over like, do you want to press charges on this? I was like, no, it's no. I mean, <laughs> I'm completely fine. I'm like this. No, like get this lady li- some dry cleaning and we're good. Yeah. We're living rent free, baby. And sometimes that's what happens. <laughs> like Rick, like you tweeted at me after I tweeted about it. Like if you were there with us, we probably would have had them raining down on us. all. <laughs> it would have been a chair. Yeah. Somebody would have ripped their chair off the ground. (laughs) So, you know what? Cooler heads prevailed there. I'm happy the way it went. And then I honestly forgot about it until the next day when I woke up. I'm like, why was what's going on in the back of my... Oh, yeah. I got hit with a beer last night. (laughs) All right. It is time for the segment that is sweeping the nation. It's Ask the Idiots brought to you by our friends at Buster's Pizza. Every week, we got a $25 GC to Buster's up for grabs. How about this? On Tuesday, Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesdays, you can get a medium two topper for $10.99. That means you could get two medium two toppers for your $25 gift card that you win if you submit and ask the idiots question to bag milk at oilersnation.com. Bag milk, we have not seen these questions, so I will hand over the reins to you. Only three questions today, boys, for our friends at Buster's Pizza. Ask the idiots. It's going to be a quick one. I'm going to start off with uh, Tyler, your host, and for me today. Okay. Out of 10. How concerned are you about game four and the way the Kings turned it around? So after game one, when they lost, I think I said I was at like a two or a three. And because that stinker in game four happens a little later in the series and in game four is always the pivotal one for me. And no matter what the series is at heading into the game, 
So I sit there and I look at it and yeah, I'm a little bit more concerned. I'm going to go five and a half out of 10 actually for my concern. I still believe this team is good enough to rattle off two wins and win this thing in six games. But at the same time, we now know that it's not just a one-off for them to lay a playoff stinker. They kind of did it at the end of game one. They did it in game four. So yeah, I'll go with five and a half out of 10. Nation Dan, how concerned are you out of 10? Well, if you're keeping score at home, I was a two back after we lost game one. And I'm going to bump that up double to a four. I still think that this team um, has absolutely dominated when it's played well and been in games when it plays okay. And the LA Kings, you can't say the same for them. I think that they've just been absolutely blown out in games when they're playing their best or sorry, when they're playing their worst and then they get, you know, they're competitive in games when they're playing really well. So I, I, I still think this team wins the series in six. And uh, so, yeah, I'm sitting at a four. Rick. Nothing more than a three. I get it is they didn't have a great game. Uh, I don't expect to see that again. Uh, We know what this team can do. Even when they don't have a great game, we're in it all the time. I'm not getting overly worried. It's a three game series. Now we have two games at home. I don't see this going until Saturday, but we'll see what happens. I'm not overly worried right now. I'm more anxious to get the game going. Uh, more than I am uh, oh. nervous about the final results. Yeah. I'm going to go with a four. Uh, you know, I was a two last time around four just because we're later in the series, but ultimately the Kings are coming to hostile territory. I guarantee Rogers place is going to be electric tonight. I don't think that's going to be fun. The Jonathan chance probably going to start before the fucking puck drops. I'm not too worried about it. I'm giving it a four. Uh, Tyler, starting with you. Oh, I'll start with Rick this time, actually. Okay. Through four games, which player has to be better in order for this team to have continued success? And which is your early pick for the Pisani Award? Well, okay. So I'm going to start with the second one there. And there's one name that could be the Pisani Award, but I don't think that he's allowed to be because I don't think he's on the same level going in that Pisani was. Um, Kane is obviously the, the, the leading and the goal scorer right now, but you expect it out of him. I don't think there is a Pisani yet. Pisani came in as a bottom six, you know, uh, uh, eight to 12 four, number 12 forward who surprised and stole the glory and whatnot. We don't have one yet. That's okay. That happened. You got Pisani wasn't Pisani until the end of it, anyways. Um, who am I worried about right now? Like, it's got to be Connor and Leon. Not, not because they're playing bad, but because we need them to be at their best in order for us to win. If they do what they did in the first 20 games of this season, um, this series, yeah, we have no issues. Dan? Yeah, I'm with Rick on the Pisani question. I think if you're looking at the Pisani leaderboard, and again, there's some eligibility questions there as well, but for me, Yamamoto would be at the top right now. But again, is he necessarily considered a top six? I don't know. Um, the player that needs to be better for us to win the series consistently. I think it just has to be Connor McDavid. And I, the best part is, is I think he has more levels to give. So I, I, I would point at Connor and say, he's going to be, and is needs to be the best player. Uh, I'm going to say for my Pisani pick, I'm going to go with Ryan McLeod. This is a guy who I think has more offense to give than he's shown. He's been quiet early, but I think maybe this move up and this promotion of the second line sparks something in Ryan McLeod and allows him to bring something in the offensive department that we really haven't seen a lot from him. And uh, in terms of who needs to be better, I'm going to, ah, and like, I don't like doing this because I like the player. But I'm going to go ahead and say yes, Apuliyarvi is a guy that can be a key factor for this team if he if his game reaches its top level. Right now, if Puljujarvi goes down to the third line, and I get it, the Oilers have been very good on the ice when Puljujarvi's been out there so far in this series. That's not what I'm saying. But if this move to the third line works and Puljujarvi's play goes from good to elite, like I think he's capable of, then the Oilers will have a third line that'll be too much for the Kings to handle. If Puljujarvi can find another level, massive key for the Oilers. Uh, Pisani award for me, uh, again, I, I hate to be boring, but I just think it's too early at this point. We haven't seen somebody that you would consider a bottom six guy stick out. Um, you know, I, there's some that I'm cheering for. I'd love Warren Fogle to turn it around a little bit. I'd love Derek Ryan to take a step further tonight. I'd love, uh, you know, Cassian to get back to running bodies over like he was earlier in the series. So there's some, there's some guys who you could do it, but they all, you know, 
there's nobody right now that I would consider the leader for this. And who needs to be better? I'm just going to blanket it. The bottom six. The bottom six needs to be better because, yes, we need Connor and Leon to lead doing what they do. But we also need more offense coming in from other lines other than those two because we know how hard Philip Deneau and Kopitar are going to be hanging off those two. We're at home tonight, so the matchups will be a little bit different. But it would be great tonight if we got some depth scoring that just puts the cherry on the Sunday, you know? Yeah. Offense has to win this game tonight, though, right? Like, we, they have to come yep. out and win this for Mike Smith? I think so. I think you owe one after the last game. Yeah. Question number, uh, the third question that is just, uh, you know, this is just a weird one and I liked it. So I'm including it. Tyler, if you could change one driving rule, what would it be? One driving rule. So just anything about like the rules of the road. Yep. I think our city should have two different sets of speed limits. I think every sign should have a winter and a summer mode in the summer. There's some streets that are way too slow. And I think when the roads are good, you should be able to ramp it up an extra 10, 15 clicks in the winter. There are some roads that are too fast. And I think those ones should be knocked down 10 to 15 clicks. Dan, you changing the rules of the road. What is it? What's it going to be? Absolutely. I saw a comedian do a bit about it years ago and it just set a light bulb off for me. It's every month, every vehicle is allotted three horn honks and that's it. That's all you get. So if you hear a horn honk at you, there's a reason that you're being honked at. And it, sh- it should get, like help you register that there's something that needs to be fixed about your driving. So for me, limit every horn to three horn blasts a month. Hmm. Rick, what rule of the road are you changing? Yeah, there's got to be some speed limits out there. A little bit too slow. There's uh, you, Deerfoot and Calgary, you had to go like 90 or 100. Then on White Mud, it's down to 80. It makes no real sense to me. So uh, I don't think I've put a lot of thought into this. But uh, yeah, let's get the, get out of my way. I can get out. Of, I can get to A and B a little bit quicker. Uh, mine is going to be if you don't wave at me when I let you merge, I should be allowed to ram your car. You know oh. what? That that annoys the piss out of me when you, the the non waivers. Yeah. I'm changing my answer. I'm definitely a thank you wave or you lose your car for a month. I want to throw in another one. If you stop in free flow lanes, that drives me nuts. Even if I just see it and I'm on the other side of the road, I'm always tempted to honk and be like, what are you doing? Read the basic sign. Free flow. You cannot stop. Oh, you mean like the bridge going south on 109 and yeah. hitting, that, hitting that bridge there when you hit it from the right side. Yeah, maybe we could develop something else like for uh, maybe ramming your cars too aggressive. If you don't wave at me when you, when I let you merge, I should get like a credit for five bucks in my betting account or something like that. Like mm-hmm. you have to, you have to pay me for your rudeness. Put them on it. Uh, put them on public transit. Yep. I agree. See how that goes. There you go. One boys. week, one week of the bus. And I promise you, they'll be uh, very happy and very thankful next time. <laughs> All right, boys, there you go. There's the Ask the Idiots questions for our friends at Buster's Pizza. Go check them out at busterspizza.ca. Dan, who's your, who gets your vote? Oh, uh, I guess the, the question of who needs to do better on this team. Rick? I like the street, the road, the driving. Tyler? <laughs> Pick the third one. I know, I know. Yeah, I know. I'm going to make... Make Ben move. Yeah, finally. Yeah, I'm going to make Ben <laughs> finally force the winner. I'm going to say the first one. Oh man. <laughs> and you know their names. You have a personal connection to them now. Yeah. Okay. You know what? I just, based on who sent these in and knowing how this has gone before, I'm going to go ahead and give the $25 GC to the Pisani award. Who needs to be better? Yeah. Uh, you don't care about people say giving you the thank you wave. I do very <laughs> much, but I know that that's, Question submitter has won a couple of times before. So we're going to spread oh, this I out a little bit. Right, we're going to spread it out a little bit. And congratulations to Blake. I'll reach out to you post podcast. We will get you your Busters GC. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's wrap this thing up with a little Twig and Berries hot and cold performers. Twig and Berries, if you head over to their website right now, one, get your wardrobe ready for the summertime. You'll also get 15% off with the promo code nation 15 handsome bearded brad is there modeling some of the many styles you can get at twig and berries um okay hot and cold performers as always we will start with our veggies and uh you know what just because you don't get to go first i'm gonna start with you bag milk for a cold performer huh yeah let me think here Cold performer is going to go to the entire Oilers team for looking comfortable on Sunday. I think that after blowing the Kings out in games two and three, the boys kind of got a little bit ahead of themselves. I think that is going to be quickly remedied by Jay Woodcroft. He said it yesterday. We are going to see a team that's much better prepared to play tonight. So I'm just going to say, hey, 
Job's not done. Oh, that's cold. I forgot to plug in the roadcaster. Oh, nice. I (laughs) look forward to Tyler's sound effects today. All right, Rick, what do you got? Uh, You know what? Um, I can't pick on the guy who's only played one game, so I'll leave him alone. And it just, there's one player out there who's who's leaving me wanting more right now. And I, it's it's Warren Fogle, man. I know that guy's got a lot to, Mm -hmm. a lot more to, uh, to, to give. And it's not that he's not playing well. It's just, he's not producing enough positives in his game right now. We need him to hit the score sheet a little bit, bang some bodies. Everyone said he's going to be a playoff guy. We got to wait for the playoffs. Here's your opportunity, my guy. Love you. Go out there, do your thing, and let's get get through this this series. We have been hoodwinked, bamboozled, ret- led astray, and run amok, and flat out deceived. Dan, <laughs> uh, my twig and berries, cold performer of the week is I'm trying to decide here at the last second. I think I'm going to give it to uh, the, the guy who I just found out looks so much like Rod Farva to me that uh, it's uncanny, uh, but he is our, this year's Neil Pionk. And it's going to go to one guy named Mikey Anderson uh, for just consistently being able to get underneath the skin of Connor McDavid and a few of the other Oilers. And again, for looking just like Rod Farva ordering a coal leader of cola at the bar. So Mikey Anderson, you can get my twig and berries Cole. Performer of the week. And since you brought up Rod Farva, I had a couple of liters of cola down in LA. Mm. Tyler loved, Tyler was obsessed with finding these Bud Light sodas. And so once we found them, once we found them, we were all in on them. But like, man, those things are straight poison. I I drank two of them (laughs) on game three and the hangover I felt the next day. Now, granted, there was a couple other cocktails in the mix there, (laughs) but like, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't get the taste out of my mouth. Tyler was loving them so much. I just couldn't, I couldn't put them back anymore. Those things were just straight gasoline and I couldn't handle it. Not to mention a secondary cold performer of the week goes to me because initially I ordered, tried to order Jay Tyler and I six of them, not realizing my brain and eyes weren't communicating properly. Big boys. Like they were the leaders ones, of cola. The ones from Nashville? Yeah. They were yeah, leaders of cola. <laughs> so trying to pack through six of those as a unit probably would have been a difficult sledding ride. Yeah, I was. Uh, we got a case of them for after the LA Angels game. And I was outvoted by the group four to one on them being trash. And I couldn't believe it. But more for me. You were as excited about those things as was was for that G Fuel or whatever the hell we oh, had to yeah. go around Nashville for. Yeah, that was funny. Uh, all right, let's move on to our hot performers of the week. Dan, you get to go first. Uh, it's a weird one to give it to them, but I'm going to give it to the LA Kings for how they handled Ben Stelter's yeah. appearance in LA. Um, you know, between the sign that they made for for him with Bailey, having him down there for the warmups and, and giving him access to the team uh, on the on an away game. They didn't have to do it, but they did it. Casual W for the Los Angeles Kings. You get my Twig and Berries hot performer of the week. Rick. (laughs) Everybody loves to hate him, but uh, Mike Smith, he's been huge for us uh, through four games. I know we're two and two, but I don't think you can really uh, look at him for much more than that one little mistake in game one. Outside Mm -hmm. of that, I think he's been stellar. He's been for his price points. He's, he's been fucking fantastic. So Mike, Mike Smith's the hot performer. He's a hot guy. Bag milk. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to tag on to Dan a little bit. We were lucky enough before game four to meet the Stelter family. And they were so great and kind. And we got to talk to all of them and take some pictures. We got to meet Ben and give him a nation sticker. And I just got to hear him talk about how excited he was for the Oilers game. And it was, he, it's just such a great family. And I'm, I was oh, yeah. very happy that we got a chance to meet them. Great kid, great family. Uh, and I'll echo that with my hot performer, Bag Milk. Um, the Oilers fans we met down in LA as well. I mean, there was, uh, you know, the kid from San Diego. Talked to him, Oilers Adam. He was a beauty. Uh, we talked to the couple from Phoenix. Oilers fans came out to watch the game. There was our buddy from uh, KC, KC, Kansas City. He was out there. So many Oilers fans from so many different places. I cannot remember all their names because there were just so many people, but every one of them. Um, they just, they made the whole experience of going down there just unreal. There's nothing quite like 
traveling to watch your favorite team and just having that instant bond with everyone else who is rocking orange and blue in that arena. Just an absolute blast. Oilers fans and nation citizens continue to be the absolute best people in the world. Uh, so that's going to be a wrap on our twigandberries.ca hot and gold performance for free shipping in Canada on orders over $75. Um, all right. One Game last five, thing, baby. Oh yeah. One last thing that I want to say is Rick and Dan, you should have seen how awful just wretched my hat trick hat toss was. Oh. It Where was were you guys sitting for that one. We were probably what? 11 rows up in From the corner. Oh, yeah. Oh no. So we Your were behind. Didn't make it past row eight. We were behind the net and it looked more like I spiked it like a football, but <laughs> I think the, the beauty of it was how quickly I got it off my head. Yeah. And I think that's why I should deserve some credit. I wish it was on video because I remember chucking it. I remember it being like, Ooh, that was a bad one. But then Tyler was, I think Tyler said, what do you say again, Tyler? Well, like, like, so he scored puck hits the twine. And before the puck could come down and hit the ice, I turned was and bag milk's hat was gone. And just like the <laughs> quick arm move, it was like one motion, like hat off gone and three rows down. And then since there was no Kings fans in the building and your hat clearly didn't make it over the ice, Corey O from Sherwood Ford went over and we were like, Oh, he's going to get it back for you. Like you're not going to lose your hat. And Corey O walked over while still wearing his own hat, picked up bag milks and threw it over the glass. Even though we're all like, Corey, <laughs> send it back. And he's chucked it over. <laughs> in Ed, in Edmonton, what? in Edmonton, I sit eight rows off the ice and the, and the uh, net goes maybe half a section to my left. I took my hat off for one and it's just, it's simple. Just play it out there. And I put it right square into the net. So I understand your, uh, I understand how you're feeling right now. But I will also say there is nothing quite like chucking a hat in an opposing barn. Yeah. It is. It's yeah. a great time. Dude, I tossed one in Nashville. And I swear that thing is still floating. It might've been my best toss ever. That <laughs> thing was smooth. It just kept spinning and spinning and spinning. And it? it was beautiful. Did it last longer than the Predators did in the playoffs? Ooh. It might've, Ooh. it might have actually. <laughs> yeah, yikes. Rough luck. Um, Rough luck. Okay. I'm going to end with this question. I want your take on this one. Flames versus stars. Who are you rooting for? Flames. I'm not rooting for either team. Karma fucked us over last time. I got a little excited about a Flames loss and then a Leafs loss, and then uh, walked into Game Four, and we got kicked. The, and we and we took a little kick to the ass. So I don't give a shit about any other series. I'm putting 100 of all my concentration onto one game, one game only. That's tonight at eight o'clock or eight twenty. Uh, What's better for business is the flames getting through. Yeah. But what my heart says is anybody but Calgary. But I'm going to go with what Rick says. I'm going to say it's Oilers only. Let's, let's, again, job's not done. Let's worry about our own series before everyone else's, please, people. All right. Yep. Game of chicken. You stare them down and you tell the Calgary Flames fans, we want you. I I ain't afraid of them. I ain't afraid of them. I just want to get through this. All right. There you go. That's going to be a wrap on episode 194. Shout out to Whoa, whoa, whoa. You didn't answer, though. Uh, okay. For me, I, I'm yeah. with bagged milk from I good for business to have a BOA second round. Great for the Oilers to get who I view as an easier opponent in the Dallas stars. So I'm actually going to, from that weird thought process side with you guys and say, I don't care. I think they would both be tremendous. I think the Oilers have a shot to win them both. Um, and yeah, that that's my take on it. I don't care anymore. Flames can win. Oh, stars you. can win. I've changed my tune on it. I was rooting for Calgary. Now I just straight up do not care. Um, episode 194, Oilers Nation Radio. Shout out to Oodle Noodle, DoorDash, Cornerstone Insurance, Buster's Pizza, and our new friends at twigandberries.ca. We're wrapping it up. Score predictions. Rick, what are we getting tonight? We're getting 5 1 tonight. Woo, Dan. 1 nothing. Oilers. Bag milk. Otani boys calling for a 4 2 win. 4 2 dub. And I'm going to wrap this up by saying 5 2. Enjoy the game, everybody. We'll be back on Friday. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher because hydration is mandatory. 
but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up, because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Face-Off Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes, because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. 